Hello and welcome to our weekly ICT4D conference podcast. My name is Sonia Ritzel from CRS and I'm interviewing experts for you to talk about digital development trends, innovations and good practice. In our interview series on digital diversity, equity and inclusion, it is my pleasure today to connect with the United Nations Capital Development Fund, or short UNCDF. So I'm here with Kili Kanju, the Digital Financial Service Consultant for UNCDF based in Lusaka, Zambia. She will be sharing her experience on working on Sprint for Women in Zambia. And also joining us is Nanjini Hariharishura, the Senior Advisor for Inclusive Digital Economies and Women's Economic Empowerment for UNCDF. She's based in Bangalore. And Nandini previously worked for UNCDF in Zambia and kindly offered to interview Kili. So it's a special treat for me to join the audience by sitting back and listening in to hear more about this exciting project. So Nandini, I hand over to you to tell us more about Sprint for Women. Thank you so much, Sonia, and thank you for the opportunity to join you in your famous podcast series and your audience. So everyone, welcome. I'm very excited today to be talking about one of my favorite projects that I've ever worked on and something I'm particularly proud of, of helping to build with Keeley back in 2019. A Sprint for Women, just for a little bit of background for all the listeners, started out from research that we did in Zambia. The research was called Labor Pains, the Financial Lives of Zambian Mothers. The reason that we selected mothers as a kind of a subgroup of women in Zambia is because something like three out of four women in Zambia are mothers. And in many of our sessions where we were doing research and interacting with our stakeholders on the ground and field tests with users, Many women talked about the specific challenges of motherhood and if digital and digital financial services could help address those. So in 2019, we carried out that research and we also found that only a few women use digital financial services. What we decided to do was hold a design sprint called Sprint for Women to try to address this problem. And we invited digital financial services of any creator cast of so banks, mobile network operators, fintechs, others to give us an expression of interest if they were interested in increasing the number of women customers that they wanted to have in their portfolios. But let me turn it over to Kili. Kili can jump into what happened after that EOI process. I'm very inspired by women. So being part of the design sprint was like a dream come true because it was to deal with the, how do we market DFS products better to women? And what Nandini said, This didn't just come out of our own thought process. We had to do research about it. And that research inspired or informed the design sprint that we actually had. We didn't think that a lot of organizations would be interested in this and have issues when it comes to them reaching out to women, especially here in Zambia. And it was very, very interesting. 16 for us was a lot. We thought we'll get five or six, you know, it was really exciting. The way we actually set up the date was that let's sit down and just tell them what we're actually looking for, whether our ideas or whether the research or the outcomes of the research really make sense to them, or these are some of the challenges that they have been facing, and also to hear from them because it was more interactive. It informed how we're going to design the RFP so that we know we should be looking for. 
What I really liked was that the research, as much as it is about Zambian women, it is about Zambia as a whole. These are the problems that we face every day. It's not just limited to women. It's also we're looking at rural population. We're also looking at men. We're looking at youth. And for us as a team, it helped us to actually think of the new strategy for UNCDF even a little bit more and strengthen how we're going to do the work in Zambia for the next couple of years based on what we heard from the stakeholders, what we heard from the service providers. So the service providers, they're very good at telling us what are the issues. And some of them were not issues that we were aware of. Some of them, they just confirmed what was in the research that, uh, you know, most women are not reaching out or they're not using DFS products. Some of them, they, they don't even know how to use them or the, the marketing of the products is not really reaching to the women. The reason is that they also don't understand why and they really wanted help and really wanted to dip into this. They feel like their product and the audience, there's a mismatch. They're not talking to one another. So we were excited. Everything that we thought we, we would be able to do with the stakeholders, they put it out on the table and asked to say, this is what we want to do. And what surprised me is exactly what Keely is saying. They really had done their research. Many of them had already started testing their products with women and had real challenges that they wanted to talk about and real opportunities. So, you know, one of the concerns you may have when you're an implementer in the field and you're asking people for interest in something that maybe they express interest, but really their true interest is in the grant money. But really, I think these conversations made it very clear that the expressions were genuine. They truly were interested in our technical feedback on their ideas as much as the grant money. And that carried into how we actually designed the Sprint for Women competition. And so I do want to give credit where credit is due. I think the three founding mothers of this were really Keely and then a, an amazing human-centered design consultant, Rathi Manikant who's currently with CARE International, and then myself. Keely, do you want to reflect on that process on how do we figure out how we wanted to create this design sprint and how is it different from other grant and technical assistance competitions? My take home was the part when we interacted with the service providers. That's a little bit different because most of the times when we're looking at it, and I'm wearing the UNCDF hat, or should I say coming from the developmental side, is that we think this is the right way to go about it. We think these are the issues. But based on the different conversations that we had and based on the groupings that we had on that day, I don't know, it solidified something that we normally don't do. And yes, based on the outcomes of that, how do we make this a very interactive process? The money aspect is fantastic, but everything that has come out from then up to now, and even in the way that we have run the projects here in Zambia, is that the technical aspect of what we bring to the table is what they actually are looking for even more because of the HCD sessions. Yes, it has had different names, but by unbasketing the process of how do they understand the persona of the person that they're trying to reach, of the target audience, do they know who they're trying to reach? Do they know what else is out there? Do they understand the competition? How can they do this better? Does DFS provide a solution to the problems that these women are actually facing in the rural areas. It was a learning process for us, but it was also a learning process for the service providers. And also being out in the field, it was just a joy. Maybe I'll just take a step back and give a quick overview for the readers on 
what the design of the Sprint for Women project ended up looking like. So we requested give application. They had to have existing products, felt it was going to be easier to manage and decide between existing products versus products that were still up and coming. These entities had a set of requirements, including wanting to make sure that they collected sex disaggregated data. That was a requirement as part of their application. So they had to give several pieces of information that was uh, divided by men and women in terms of gender. We then took all those applications and then had a selection criteria that was in the RFP. Uh, Based on those, we had a top three. Now, here's where it's a bit different from most RFAs. We took those top three and asked them to compete. So we provide technical assistance to them in understanding their data, understanding human-centered design, all the stuff Keely was talking about on understanding the different kinds of personas of customers and how they have either successful or challenging experiences with their products. And then we had Keely as the DFS expert to talk more about the digital finance aspects of the product. So we gave them that technical assistance, and then we asked them to go to rural areas and iterate their product working with women customers and seeing what of their product worked and what of their product didn't work with women customers. After doing that, we asked them to come back and be part of kind of like a fintech judging round. You might have seen these. They've been quite popular over the last few years where you have a set of judges and they judge based on a set of criteria. What have you learned from iterative testing? What is your roadmap to scale to reach a certain number of women in your project? And how does your solution actually address the challenges and needs of women? And so they had to essentially pitch to the judges around these sets of criteria and then the judges were able to select. Keely, do you want to share a little bit about the three companies that made it? The exciting part, I think, at the end of the day, when we actually chose three, it was first the similarities and also the differences because the similarities is that each one of the companies wanted to reach out to more women. The difference is that their products were not all similar, but they were, they were touching on DFS in some sort in terms of digital platform, digital messaging, digital outreach. So uh, we had three companies that were shortlisted. It was a dragon uh, den kind of, uh, you know, competition. And I think that this is the best way if we're moving forward, especially as developmental partners, to be able to give out grants because they have to be earned. We have to give it to the right organizations. So we had Phoenix, International Phoenix is It's a solar company. It's an energy company that brings solar products in Zambia through digital financial services. Its main focus group or customers are in the rural areas. The next one we have actually had Hobbiton. Hobbiton is a fintech company. It is a 100% Zambia company, which is looking at investment products through digital financial means, meaning that everything that it offers is through the mobile phone or web or app. And it has developed a digital platform which provides loans for education, savings, investments. And then lastly, we are actually looking at Jumo. Uh, Jumo is um, also a fintech, but it offers non-collateral-based lending. Of course, it is in partnership with other service providers and it helps women, you know, uh, lump up savings through digital means so that they can be able to pay for school payments as well as also expand their businesses. So these were the top three companies that came and pitched on the day. 
And um, I think what we had offered as the grand prize was a combination of a grant of $85,000, as well as technical assistance in those three areas that I mentioned before, a DFS expertise, data expertise, as well as human-centered design, specific to focus on rural and not urban areas. Do you want to share any insights that you got when you were there with them in the field? Uh, Maybe anything that surprised you? One of the things that the women actually said when we start with them, you know, one-on-one and focus groups, when we actually found them in their community, because we didn't invite them to town, we went where they live, was that they felt that most of the products, as well as also most of the services, are not for them. And upon digging deeper, we actually asked, like, what do you mean they're not for you? He says, yeah, because they're not marketed to people like us. One, the marketing, they felt that it was wrong. The, 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 the pictures or the pictorials that are used by these organizations, they have the likes of people who look like me. In some ways, I would say that people who look polished and they didn't feel like it is to them. So they could not relate. That was one of the things that it came out. And the other one was also on the language. This is that can we have this products, you know, be translated in languages, our language. After all, like Zambia's got so many similar languages, but also have major languages that are out there so that we can actually relate to it a little bit more, which brought us to the next phase, which was the digital literacy. We didn't think for a minute that this age and, and time that people would not be as illiterate. When we combine all three we saw that there's a need. I think and there's a role that we can play as the technocrats to help these organizations to address some of these needs so that their products can reach the people that they really want to reach. And I would say that digital financial literacy was an issue. Marketing was issue. Language was an issue. So these are the areas that we are, we're still focusing up to this very day. Thank you, Keely. Can you talk us a little bit through A, who won? And then what what kind of impact have you seen uh, the Sprint for Women has had on both the semifinalists and the industry at large? I'm excited to share who won. Hobbiton, they provide uh, a product called Patumba. For Sprint for Women, we just focus on these two pockets of Patumba, which is the investment part as well as the savings part, which is under unit trust. I thought it was very interesting because unit trusts usually are not offered to the likes of the rural people. But for each one of them, because we did an HCD session, it also helped them in how they actually are providing service. They actually went into the system, they tweaked one or two things, they changed one or two parameters so that they can be able to collect data a little bit better. They can be able to understand who their product is actually reaching to. So, you know, sex segregated data also became an issue and they have incorporated that in the platform. So I'm very happy to see that. We have seen the numbers actually grow, not only with with the three, but also the rest of the market, because in Zambia, it has actually helped to make sure that we are going to utilizing the phone a little bit more. We have accelerated something that probably could also have taken us a little bit longer, but I like the fact that we did the HCD sessions it has helped not only us, but it has also helped the service providers to rethink the way they do business, to rethink the way they provide these services to the women as well as also to the rural markets. It has brought to the forefront things that we could do better when it comes to reaching out to women. It's an amazing note to leave on. So thank you very much, Kelly, for this awesome conversation. And back to you, Sonia, to wrap things up.
Thank you so much, Kili and Nandini, for sharing your insights. I can really hear your passion about this project and really comes across. That's so exciting. And it I love that it's embracing not only the user-centered design, but truly involving the community, especially the rural areas. And I also really enjoyed hearing your lessons learned about the product design, which I think is so relevant to all organizations offering inclusive products and services to women not just the private sector, but also nonprofits or government organizations. Thank you for sharing those. Thank you. More information about our upcoming podcasts or webinars are on our website, ict4dconference.org. I hope you will join us again next week.